You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the show. You talking to me? You talking to me? Are you, who are you, Robert De Niro? You talking to me? I'm not. We are we are actually dealing with a gangster movie this week, so Robert De Niro is apt. So um, we were just talking about. I was saying how I I love watching superhero. This is movies. before the after the show discussion. I love watching superhero movies, and uh, I was saying to you, I wonder when Marvel will get to a point where people stop going to see the movies because, as we've said, everything that runs a cycle, doesn't it? What was the cycle before superhero movies? Harry Potter and Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hunger Games was in the middle of it all, but Harry Potter was that was a cycle, uh, and people. There's that one little franchise. Um, that was a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Yeah. Yeah, but like I say, they just won't give up. Like though. I say, people aren't sick of seeing Star Wars films, but there was a whole there was a gap of like twenty years where there was no Star Wars film, so they're a new thing. It's back again. Marvel have been going for twelve years now. I wonder when people will stop going to see Marvel movies or it will die down and their box office isn't as good and then they will, you know, stop making movies. I would say not likely because they've got a lot... Marvel have got a lot of comic books. Like, they've got so many characters to draw from. They could probably just keep going. And if the box office went lower, just make cheaper movies. Like, don't make a billion dollar Avenger movies, just make cheaper ones. Like, I was going to say Doctor Strange, but I don't think that was cheap either. <laughs> I don't think their stuff no, is cheap. No, but do you reckon their expectations are the same? What? Of Doctor Strange as they are for, you know, yeah, no, Iron Man never, 7. Are they? No, if you make the Avengers 4 or whatever, the Avengers series, Doctor Strange is never going to get as much. Um, it's like Rogue One from Star Wars. It's a set, you know, an offshoot kind of thing. It's never going to be as popular as the main story, the main thread one, like The Force Awakens. It's still popular, but it's always going to be a bit lower, isn't it? So who knows when they will uh, fizzle out. But at the moment, we're still in the middle of superhero. And yeah, we're really superhero, isn't it, right now? Like, big movies are superheroes. Or King Kong, or... Uh, well, actually, here's a big one. Universal this year, in summer, are launching the Universal Monsters um, franchise again. And the first movie will be The Mummy with Tom Cruise. And they're doing them all. Frankenstein, The Mummy, Jekyll and Hyde. They're doing all of them. And they're going to tie them all together like an Avengers thing. So maybe that'll be the next big thing. You know, monsters. Go back to monsters and, you know, the original. Like, really. We never left them. We keep making them. We do, but... Well, we. Not we, you and I. Somebody. It looks like Universal is serious about making the mo- the classic monsters a big thing again. So, we'll see. We'll see how it goes with Mr. Tom Cruise as the mummy. <laughs> Gotta be better than Brendan. <laughs> no, come on. That's not fair, because we all enjoyed it at the time. Yes. So, um, this week, we are looking... Well, actually, this is after the show. This is n- number 474. We're a weekly movie review podcast... The movie we're looking at this week is Live by Night. It's uh, Ben Affleck's new movie from our friends at Warner Brothers. It's a 2016 movie. It's already out on Blu-ray. You can go and get it now. 
It's rated R. And Sid Talk will give you a short synopsis of the movie Live by Night. Ooh, a man who is um, an outlaw, becomes a gangster but not a gangster, and there are women and violence. <laughs> and it's set in the and 1920s. It's, it's a lesson, yes, it's set in the 1920s. Uh, it's a lesson in life, really. It's a, it's a moral tale. A cautionary tale. Yes. Of, and the, it's basically karma is the theme of the movie. Yeah. You know, whatever bad deeds you do are going to come back to haunt you and not in the expected way. That's my favorite line in the whole movie. Are we moving on to the movie now? When the dad. No, this was the, the short synopsis. <laughs> when, the father, when the father says to him, you know, you're, what you do in life will always come back to you, but not in expected ways. Not in the way you expect. Yeah, yes. so that's what I really, really appreciated about this movie. All right, so uh, that, that is not synopsis, that is opinion. <laughs> so, uh, moving uh, one day, you know, 474 podcasts. One podcast, Sid Talk will understand the difference between the synopsis and her opinion of the movie. No, she won't. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to our opinion of the movie. So, Live By Night is uh, Ben Affleck, stars Ben Affleck, and also directed by Ben Affleck. Um, I would say, he gets a lot of flack, Mr. Affleck, but I believe he is a great director. All three of the movies he's directed previous to this, which would be Gone Baby Gone, Argo, and The Town, are fantastic movies, and all, all three of them, are, I think, are fantastic movies. Uh, they were all nominated for Oscars, so you know what we're I mean? We're probably controversial, because we like Ben Affleck and we like his movies. Right. We're not delusional. He has bad moments. Right. It's not a perfect movie, but it is really good. And those, no, there isn't really a perfect movie, let, let's be honest, but... I don't know, Hill High Water was pretty close. If any movie is going to trip my trigger for not being able to find one thing, I don't think that I could really complain about. Other than maybe not liking parts of it as the story's telling me, but that's not about the movie. It's about the the characters and the world they're living in. Magnolia is my movie that I can't. It's not perfect. Though. I can't criticize it at all, like because I love how it's made. Have I you love, watched it recently? I'm not saying it's not good. I love I'm how it's made. It, I love it, the soundtrack. I love the characters. It's I love exhausting. The writing. Yeah, well, but that is what it's it is. It's emotionally like, exhausting. Yeah. But um. That's not a fault. That's by design. That's what it. That's what it's supposed to take True. on this it, journey. It's very successful at yeah. that. So yeah, there are perfect movies a few and far between. Anyway, Live by Night is the story of this gangster. There will be spoilers, so um, tune out if you don't, or if you're not sensitive to spoilers, listen. But if you are, we might say some spoilers in here because it's the kind of film where you really have to talk about what the characters do to make any sense of it. So. Um, it's about this gangster guy in the 1920s. I liked it because it is different to other gangster movies. Take like Goodfellas or Scarface. Scarface is a similar kind of structure to this movie, but this movie doesn't fo- concentrate on just like, here's these dudes being super violent. It's actually going into the psyche of the person, which would be Joe Coughlin, um, Ben Affleck's character, instead of just... Like Goodfellas, for instance, it it's really focused on violence. Like it's a it's a bunch of violence punctuated like with a with a story, right? Yeah. This is not really about the violence, even though there is some violence. It's more about what's going on inside this guy's head. 
and it's more thoughtful. And I and what I like, what made it different, it starts off in uh, New York. Is it New York? Yeah, no, Boston. Sorry, Boston. It starts off in the city anyway, old twenties city, and then it moves out of there into the what do you call it? Into Florida. Yeah, <laughs> the. the it's not the bike. But before it's one. all popular, like yeah. it's the countryside. It's Miami and Tampa. And it's, and it's so sweltering. You can see that it's yeah. sweltering hot. And it gives the movie a different feel to other gangster movies I've seen. And I know Scarface is set in Miami and it's all hot and tropical. But this gives it this, because it's in the 20s as well, it gives it this sweltering kind of old school gangster kind of movie that, you know, it's... It's got a different feel. It's it's not about the violence. It's about the relationships. And it's about a gangster. He's not really a gangster. Correct. He gets into the gangster business because of things that happen. But his heart is never in it. He doesn't want... He's like the gangster who doesn't want to kill. Yeah, but no. He doesn't mind killing at all. Himself. If you notice. No, he doesn't mind killing anybody. What I saw is that he liked to like negotiated to somebody else. Yeah, but I don't think that's because he was bothered about killing anybody. He doesn't have that problem at all. But he I just wants not... to find a different way. But he's no problem. It's not like he has remorse or anything because he just barely he does. Because when the sheriff guy says, "I see the, I've killed seven men in my life and I see their faces every night," his face was like, "Yeah, why? Yeah, move on." And so that's not there. He doesn't have the. He's not struggling about not wanting to be violent. That, no. It's just that there's always, in his mind, there's always been another way he wants to live. That's just it. And this just, it's the but, reality but he made for himself. But it's not, because this is based on a novel. What was the guy's name who wrote the novel? It's the same guy who wrote Gone Baby Gone, actually. Lahan, Lahane. Yeah, and he's the guy who wrote Mystic River for Clint Eastwood. Um well, he didn't write it for them. He wrote I mean, books. he wrote the novels and then they wrote the screenplays. Yeah. But that guy, um, obviously, he has something about his... And this feels really like a book film. You know, sometimes when you think, is this based on a book when you're watching it? This feels like a book it film. Some of the dialogue is but very... but not pretentious no, to me. Anyway. No, it's not super like, um, let's be very... Uh, what would you say? The Girl on the Literary. Train is a book where... It, where the book of the girl on the train was this big sensation, and then they tried to do that in the movie. It made it feel a bit ugh, to me like emo, <laughs> yeah, overly <it's> like, emo, <laughs> but and a bit too like we're trying to be very clever with the dialogue, and the dialogue that comes out of the mouth sounds like it's coming off a page. In this movie, it does occasionally. I feel some of the scenes feel like they're out of a book, but Ben Affleck did the screenplay. I think he converted it well. Into, you know, some people... I was just reading some reviews of this movie and the, the main complaints were it were people were saying that it wasn't fleshed out enough. Mm. It felt like some characters just came and went and then they turned up again and it, it just felt kind of... Well, now, you could say that for Sienna Miller's character in this movie. Um, she's a love interest at the beginning of the movie and she disappears out of the movie. Now... If you see the deleted scenes of this movie, there's a whole big arc of her yeah. that they took out. But I don't feel like it. she came and went inappropriately. I feel like it was exactly right. Because you're telling me a story as this man's living his story, right? Now, when she 
drops off the page, <laughs> so to speak, at one point, and then he doesn't hear from her or see from her again, that's how he would be living. He wouldn't be seeing scenes of her lurking somewhere else or a hint of her being alive until the moment when he picks up that picture and sees her. We are going along for his ride, so there's no reason for us to have a re- have any... Like you said, you know, oh, well, because we didn't see her dead. I always, She's going to be dead, right? That's a movie thing, isn't it? It's a movie thing. But you have to go with it and remember, he's the one we're following. So in this particular story, we're only seeing things from his point of view, if you notice. Not from his literal point of view, but we're only seeing things that he can see. We know things he knows. And that's why I liked that, actually. I liked that she was gone and he couldn't get over her and then he did and... And he moves the story along quickly in parts. There's a part where he actually goes to jail. And if you're not paying attention, you wouldn't even know he went to jail. <laughs> like, because it's so no, quick. I disagree. But I mean, if you weren't paying attention and we're, lo- and, and we're looking at your phone for five, for one minute of that movie, the part where he goes to jail and then walks out of the gates and he's been in jail, you might not know- realize he went to jail. So there are parts that are really quick in this movie like they don't linger on it there's no time spent in the jail you don't ever see him fraternizing with anybody you don't see anything you just see him walking towards his bunk with his zest off and then you see him leaving the day he leaves um so he's between a rock and a hard place this character when he comes out of jail and he ends up having to work for the italian part of the mob there's lots of comments in this movie that are very of its time yeah. It's, so you have lots of racial and cultural... Which is good, because they didn't shy away from it. No. Um, no. No. I mean, it probably they did shy away from it somewhat. It's tamed down to a degree, because I'm sure... I know. I know for a fact, in real life, there's more of the N-word flying around when people are racist, and there's more of... It just flows. And then this is quite controlled. But what I like about the author is he said, I forgive a lot. I forgive every sin or every crime in my characters, except for one. Yeah. I don't like racists. He said, if you, the character <laughs> so like, I make a racist, you're going to not like him, right? Well, and he doesn't like them. Yeah. So that tells you he's trying to find a reason. I mean, the guy smacks a woman and this guy's murdering lots of people and they're ripping off the whatever and they're oppressing the workers. He, he, he makes them bad guys, and they get their comeuppance. However, he finds the double side of them all, if you notice. Everybody has the other a reason. A yeah. wife, a woman, a daughter. Some motivation behind what they're doing. The racist guys from the Ku Klux Klan, there's nothing. They are the two-dimensional. Racist. Exactly as they are. There's nothing else about them. So I kind of respected that. So I just played a video game recently, funnily enough, called Mafia 3. And it was set in the 1930s, Prohibition era, same as this, really. Just just later, a little bit later. But that one was set in Louisiana. And um, at the beginning of the game, when you start, there's a title card that says, listen, it was very racist in those days, and our game is going to portray that. So yeah. if, you're, if you're going to be offended by that, we're not going to whitewash it, because it's a part of history. Yes, people are ashamed of it. But this is how it would have been back then. And I played that game, and that game really is the is full of racism, big time. Like lynchings, you know, um, Ku Klux Klan stuff, the N-word everywhere. And it, I never really thought of those times until I played that game. And then when I watched this, I was like, wow, this feels like a bit of a vanilla version of that world in <laughs> Mafia 3. Because Mafia 3, it's hard. Yeah. This isn't as hard as that, but it is. There are some N-words flying in this... In this um, not just that. Maybe. There's all of them. All yeah. the stuff that you yeah, can say. Are. 
Um, so, yeah, he has to go and work for the Italian mob. No, he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to. He goes to work the for the Italian mob. The whole theme of this, the, yeah. this life is that the choices you make... Take you down a path, and there's always it's like a boomerang. He no doesn't have what to, you do; it's going to come. I'll back. say you don't have to, but the level of like life intimidation. That he's used to as well. <laughs> yeah. The only way back into that world is to go and work for this guy, and this guy sends him down to um, Miami, and he's in charge of running that area. And you know, it's really cool. Like he's like you don't see a lot of that. The intimidation. It's not. That kind of movie. It's not like a Martin Scorsese movie where it's a montage of them of them blackmailing people and extorting. It's like you can tell what he's doing. It's behind the scenes yeah. though. It's not seen most of it. You see that they're building this casino, which is I thought was really cool. Like, that was see cool. This half and that's the thing is there are abandoned big huge projects like that. Right. In know, like swamp areas and places like that where that were getting built and then get abandoned. So because they're because they're on the long game. These mafia types. They're like. When prohibition's over, our business is kind of done, right? So we need something new, <laughs> and that would be casinos if we can get them legal. And there's this whole politicking thing going on there. But he's down there, you know. He's the what do you call him? What is he? The, what's he called? The he's the boss. He, he gives him the name, like uh, no, that's no, that's the dem- demotion no, that he got. Yeah, the demotion he gets, but the name that he gets when he turns sends him off on the train. Oh, I don't think there's a name for that one. He's like, yeah. So he's, he's the head. Yeah. So if you think of like the crime, the mafia, they split it all into districts, and somebody owns this one, and somebody owns that one, and the Cubans own this one, and the Italians own this one, and you know he's working for the Italians, and they're keeping Miami. But he's got a woman that he wants to get some revenge about, and then the guy who caused and, her problems, then he want. That's all he's focused on. And what's cool about uh, his character is he. Is not your typical wise guy type mafia guy. He has a he, he meets a woman who happens to be black, and she's Cuban. Yeah, well, uh, Cuban. I mean, she's got dark skin, but she's different Cuban. skin. Yeah, but he's not racist. This guy, in fact, he doesn't really care what people call him racist a lot. I mean, people call him for going with somebody who's not his race, <laughs> and he doesn't ever kind of flinch on it, does he? He doesn't... It's not a thing to him at all. Which is different, you know, to normal. When you see other Mafia films, The Godfather, everybody who is not white or Italian is something bad, right? <laughs> That's how they, those go. And in this movie, it's not like that, because he, as a character, is more progressive than everybody else, it seems, but then he's not. Is he he's a cold-blooded killer at the, at the heart. So, what did you think of the overall... I loved it. I enjoyed the whole thing. I mean, I I went along for the ride. I was interested in... Because the little droplets that they give you of what this person's life is going to be about made more sense to me than him being driven by one, you know, like... Like you, like you give Scarface. All Scarface wanted was to, like, rise up from his terrible childhood or whatever and then get revenge on everybody like fuck everybody i am the man rule the world yeah (laughs) Yeah, i am the man and gets cocky about it it isn't like that with this guy it's like there's nothing inside of him he doesn't have a past to overcome he was raised by 
obviously his parents didn't love each other that much or something. We don't know, but it wasn't, didn't seem bad. And he went off to World War One, and he says he got, he couldn't understand why all the young men were dying around him. And then he decided nobody's going to tell me what to do again because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, he's dis- And that's it. That's his motivation on, in the big picture. And then as we go along, he has changes, which to me is good. And it's not changes like, you know, well, there's a like Godfather, it gets really lame and stupid, and he like loses touch and shit, and kind of loses his whatever. This guy is just—it's like he never grew up, and then we're watching him grow up, like become a man, you know. And I really like that. He's not—he doesn't start out with this like vendetta, and then he gets picked apart and pulled down necessarily. You know, we see, most of these arcs are he. Be- Rises to power, and then the femme fatale brings him down. And while that's an an element of the story, you just get a much rounder person. And I was just along for the whole of it. I like Ben Affleck. There were times when he was a bit, I don't know, like um, high school acting. <laughs> a couple of moments, but not, not bad. Just hints of it. And... I enjoy the, I could tell the women's roles all along, including a mother who we never meet because she's dead already. But that, you know, she and the father never loved each other really or were, were distant. And then what we, what we find later is he, he kind of doesn't want that with his woman. So that informs who he is later and how he is as a father. I don't know. I just felt like it was really, it kept me going and going but it's and going. Not, it's not like a movie like Scarface or The Godfather where it has this particular is that is going to, you know, he starts off as a nothing, he's rise to power and then he's ill downfall at the end. It's not That's it's what not, I just said. Yeah, no, but it's not actually exactly like that, is it? It's uh, more like a slice of life type bit of a guy. Yeah. And if he's in the mob or he's not in the mob you know, it's, it doesn't really matter. It's really about the guy. Like I said, it's just about the personal part of the guy. Which some people I was just reading on reviews were like, well, The Godfather's just amazing and so is Scarface. And it's like the rise to power of somebody. And this movie's just flat. Like, it's not... It doesn't do anything. Like, it's like... I don't feel like any... I disagree. Rise of any... Where any but yeah, because that's part of the point. Right. Is that he never had aspirations. And that's to why be... some people don't like it. Yeah, he didn't have... You could tell. And it wasn't overt. It wasn't like he just put his foot down and said, I don't want to be the boss. But it was like every step he took, he was turning directions. He didn't have that big goal or whatever. And I that's what I really liked about it, actually. Yeah, I mean, he had a goal of he didn't like being nobody. He actually did get off a little bit on being... Yeah. In some form of power. Like walking into those meetings of being a, a guy rather than being... And then a little bit offended when people didn't just ne- do the negotiating. Yeah. Like, because he knew in the back of his mind, well, I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. Or I'm going to really fuck you up in the end of this, emotionally or in your life. If you don't just... just, ne- But he doesn't threaten them with it. No, it's like it's he pretty... tries to be calm. How about you just do this? Oh, you're not going to do that? Boom. And there was yeah. no, like, middle ground, which I really liked. I liked that a lot. Yeah, he was pretty... Like, he's not like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, where he's like an, a literal explosion waiting to go off. It's not like that either. He's, like, calm. But then he he, sh- he might shoot somebody in the head and then just move on, right? It's not like he dwells on it or anything. He just moves on. Just anything for the business part. So, 
Moving on to it, yeah, I like how it looks, the movie. I liked how it looked hot and steamy everywhere. Whoever the cinematographer guy was, he was really great, I thought. It, it's got this it looked really cool good. feeling to it, hasn't it, all the time. It's like this, like in the city at the beginning in Boston, it feels dirty and lived in. And then when you move out to, you know, Miami, keep, I'm right, with it's Miami, right? Correct. When it moves out to Miami, Correct. it feels like a different movie. It's like it feels, oh wow, this is a different type of look and feel, sweaty and, you know, very cool looking. So yeah, I love the way it looked. Um, audio and everything was awesome. Like the Tommy guns, I've never realized they sound like that. But the gun, this gun fighting in this movie, it is insane. The audio quality of it, it's like you can hear them pinging around all over the place. You can hear, like, the ceiling crashing in and stuff. It's crazy. Um, moving on to the cast. Ben Affleck plays Joe Coughlin. I think you were Joe Pesci. Or Coughlin, if you're uh, Irish. Um, what did you think of him in the role? I mean, I liked him in the role. Some people were saying that somebody else was going to do it. Oh, it was going to be Leonardo DiCaprio originally. Um, but Ben Affleck had to actually audition for this movie. Even though it's his own movie. Which is weird, isn't it? He, um, the producers weren't sure whether he could pull this character off. So he had to do a screen test for them. And he, had, he showed them that he could do it. But it's weird that the director of a movie that he wrote <laughs> has to screenplay for his own movie. Very I don't strange. think strange at all. I think that... Never happens, to, I don't think. I really. don't know about that. You just you have to have the right person. And you can't make that judgment yourself because you might be full of shit. So someone else needs to be looking at you who is... Familiar with the words or with the story, with the people in the story, with the goal of the movie. If you just let everybody decide, yeah, I'm the director, I'm going to act in it. That's a that's not that's not unnecessarily good for the movie. So I think that I think like he's good in it. I don't think it's his best performance by any means. Yeah, but like you said, there are some ropey parts where it feels like TV movie of the week. I think a little bit. Like what part? Um, just some peripheral parts where he was getting in the car. After the well, when the bank robbery was going on, uh, and then after they get out of the car and they're all talking, I thought that was a bit ro- wooden. It felt a bit wooden. Um, I like. Then there was other parts where you sat down talking to Ellie Fanning, uh, which was like genius, like acting. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. But then there's some like peripheral bits where he's just talking to some of his henchmen or whatever, where I was like, that doesn't seem up to quality. Which parts was it that you were thinking? I didn't think any of them. No, you said earlier that you thought it was high school acting. Oh, just more of his reactions. Mm. More of the, like, over-the-top sort of, like, sad eyes. He's really built in this movie. Sometimes. Like Batman built. You have to notice. There's a big, huge change sometimes from one scene to the next. His neck is really thick in one, and then turn right around, he's walking outside, and he's next, he's like thinned down about Well, they said it took pounds. two years to make it. Right. And actually it's filmed. definitely clear that he changed. His face is really chiseled sometimes, and other times it's really poofy, and that's all the shit that's going on in his life. Like you said, training, Batman, blah, 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 life, drinking, whatever. Those, and then maybe those were the times when I thought he's just sort of like, Imagine you're acting and directing, so you're doing a scene or a shot where all they got to do is capture your emotional response to something, like a look. But your brain isn't there. Your brain is thinking like, is the camera in the right place? Is the thing there? We got to cut. We got to shoot. You know. So the the 
the expression might not come out right. That's all. That's the ones I noticed. I have to mention uh, before we go on to the next actor. Also, there's a car chase in this movie, which is really excellent, well filmed. I was thinking, oh my god, they're going to have a car chase in those Model T Ford type mm-hmm. cars. That's going to be the worst car chase I've ever seen, right? Because they go so slow. Well, they kind of did some movie magic to make them seem faster than they were. But the actual chase and the where the cameras were positioned, like inside the car and like on the edge of the car and stuff, it was really exciting to watch. Really good. So yeah, there is. And really... I don't like car chases. No, I wouldn't. you don't at all, do you? So uh, this one was very different to what you normally would see. It was really good, actually. Um, and any CG or anything, which I don't know if there was any. Probably. There had to be. It didn't feel like I saw any of it. It's the 21st century. But it was one of the movies yeah. where I didn't go, oh, that looks green screeny. We watched Gangster Squad, another movie, um, gangster movie, with, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling. And uh, that felt like it was on a green screen all the time. This didn't. It felt real. Like It felt like real, real sets. Moving on to his partner in crime in this movie, Chris Messina, uh, plays Dion Bartolo. He was like my second favorite thing in the movie. It was really good. He's like, uh, when he goes to Miami, he is issued a, well, no, he's a, ex, he's a friend of his, isn't he? Is the friend who he brought with him. Correct. But, like you're allowed to have one. Well, he said, I, I want one guy. Like, I don't I think know. there are rules. He no, just said. No, he said, I want a guy yeah. who I know to work with. So I can go and do what I do. And he picks this guy. And he's just his right-hand man. And I thought they were going to fall into the trap of, oh, he's Joe Pesci. And he's that guy. He's going to be fucking nuts. Like, but he wasn't. He but was he's really more thoughtful. Like, yeah. And he's like, he knows the business and he understands what you can do and what you can't do. And then he will be really ruthless in some scenes. But he, was but he doesn't not feel ruthless. The psychopath. Yeah. No, no, exactly. That's the part that was missing. He's just, that's how he functions. He's just a guy. Without the... Yeah, without the like, he's gonna flip. He's gonna flip. Yeah, Everybody none of that. Be scared of him. Yeah, yeah, it's not that. So yeah, I loved him. Uh, Ellie Fanning plays Loretta Figgis. I thought she was fantastic in this. To be honest, she plays the daughter of a police chief who is going through some issues. <laughs> well, some something happens to her, and she comes back a changed person. And most of her scenes are when she comes back. And she's changed, and she's kind of got into religion. <laughs> kind of, she becomes. And she's a, a young girl, yeah. And um, her scenes, the scene where she was giving the speech, I thought was really like awesome. That yeah, was really good. Like she, uh, and the scene where she sits down and speaks to Ben Affleck. She's not in many scenes, to be honest. She's in those two, really. But that scene where she sits down to Ben Affleck, I think that's my favorite part of the entire movie. It was really good. Where she's really sad. Him, yeah, and you could feel it from her. She when she was just looking at him. It was just very heartfelt scene. That's my favourite scene in the movie. So she did an excellent job. Um, Brendan Gleeson plays Thomas Coughlin, who's the father of Ben. What did you think of Brendan? Really good. I mean, he's always good, though. Yeah, he's, he's a yeah. Irish. English, and I really Irish bought actor. it. His character said a lot. His character, the father of the girl. They're the old school dudes who are... They're both in the co- in the police world. However... And the thing that the guy from, I always think of him as the guy from American Beauty. <laughs> Chris Cooper. Yeah. Isn't it what he was in? American Beauty? Yeah. He was like the weird father guy. That. Yeah. Um, is when he said, just because I breathe corruption and I rub elbows with the corrupted, don't think you can corrupt me. Yeah. Right? However, he has to work with all this corruption around him. So he's not out to like, 
He's not breaking down the doors, arresting all the bad guys. Just like the father, Ben Affleck's father in the movie. He's part of the corruption of the police and you know he's got some dirty deals. However, they rise above somehow. You feel like they've survived this long because they've play played both sides yeah. of it, right? And that's what made them both really credible to me is that they weren't down and dirty, you know, I've got two months left to retire and now no, something bad's going to Yeah. Or I'm so righteous and upstanding that I'm the, like, you know, the the guy at the top and now finally someone's going to bring me down. I mean, not, it wasn't like that. It was like they were well balanced, both of them. So um, I thought it was really good. Sienna Miller plays Emma Gould. She's the uh, love interest at the beginning of the movie. Um, it's She's a kind of a catalyst to she's what really everything good. that happens. Yeah, she um, she's like the she's a tough Irish chick mm -hmm. who kind of helps them with some criminal activities, <laughs> and she and it and so happens that she's the actual um, is she the girlfriend or the wife girlfriend the girlfriend of another part another mob leader. So yeah, you don't really want to mess with. I, at first, I was like, oh, that's going to be the downfall. Don't ever mess with the girl of the. Don't ever have a girl. If you're a criminal <laughs> and you want to be the big man, do not have a woman in your life. So, don't have a mother. Don't have a sister. Don't have a girlfriend. Don't have a daughter because it will be your downfall. Yeah. Let's look at real history and let's look at movie history. So she was really good. Um, she's you know, like I say, she disappears from the movie uh, fairly quickly. So you're not. She's not in it a lot, um, which what, when she is, she's good. Mm -hmm. Zoe Saldana is the other woman in his life. She plays Gracia, Graciela, Graciela. Mm -hmm. She's the Cuban lady he meets, and she's the love of his life, isn't she? She's the actual love of his life. So, um, and she, I really liked how he was with her. That scene where she's listening to him on the telephone doing some dodgy mafia shit. And he sees that she's listening and he goes over to her and says, you don't have to listen. I'll tell you everything you... Because you can tell he really loves her. He doesn't want to hide anything from her. He, You know, he's what he is. And if she... If he tell... He'll tell her everything. And if she can't... If that's... She's... You know, he's not the man for her. She will go, right? Or whatever. But she loves him too. But yeah, he's not afraid to lose her. But no. he knows that she won't go. Well, he knows... In his... He says it, doesn't he? That he actually doesn't deserve her like like he said like he he's not the what does he say he says something on the beach about he'll never be good enough for never, her yeah hopefully one day I'll be good enough for you because he knows that he's not a saint he's doing that bad shit in the background all the time she was really good Zoe Saldana um she's like a grounding thing for him um and I don't want to give anything away but yeah I like it Chris Cooper finally plays Chief Figgis. Really good. Yeah, I mean, he goes really on a sad. journey, right, in this <laughs> yeah. movie. Like, his character goes on this arc of horrible tragedy. <laughs> and uh, it's messed up, like, and you can feel it happening. Like, when he shows in them photographs, that second he sees those photographs. He's done. Yeah, he just falls apart. And from that moment onwards, he's just spiraling, falling apart guy. Uh, really good. Played really well. All the performances in this movie are really good. It's like Ben Affleck said, I just chose these people and then came to work and watched them do the thing. Like, I didn't really have... You don't need to tell somebody like Chris Cooper what to do, do you? Like, he, like they just did what they were doing. It's directed by Ben Affleck. Again, I think he's a good, really good director. I like what he does. I, I 
I like it. I like his other films better than this one, but really, just it's not about the film. It's about I pref- I like I really like the town a lot, but it's the subject matter of the town that I'm really into. Like, so that like, and I like Gone Baby Gone a lot too. Argo was really good because it had that true life. Oh my god, this is ridiculous! Like this really happened. Like I, I like that about it. But uh, I think Ben Affleck's a great director, and I also like him as an actor. If you watch Chasing Amy from a long time ago, Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy, <laughs> the scene in the rain towards the end. Best scene ever. It gets me every time. Like, it's it's a fantastic piece of acting. And I don't think people see it like that because it's just this frivolous comedy thing. But it's a fantastic piece of acting in that movie. You really should go and have a look at that if you want to see what Ben Affleck can do. But as a director, I really like him. He did Gone Baby Gone, Argo, The Town, Goodwill Hunting, obviously, with his friend Matt Damon. Um, they wrote and starred in that. Um, you know, he's the Batman. <laughs> what more to what more is to be said? <laughs> Extras on this Blu-ray, there are a couple. There's not a ton, to be honest. There's a one about the women, one about the men, one about the author, uh, one about the uh, car chase. There's a director's commentary with Ben Affleck, which I'll absolutely hundred percent be listening to this week. And there's deleted scenes with commentary as well. Now the deleted scenes are kind of interesting because there's a whole different beginning to this movie that lasts about what ten minutes. If you want to watch, it's it's a completely different setup for this movie, which is also valid. And maybe the book went that maybe that was the book way, and he changed it for the movie. It's also valid. I just don't think it's as good. I agree. I like the way it's it more came of a out. surprise and like a more of a visceral uh, the way he did it in the movie. Um. So, yeah, it's it's. Yeah, quite a good movie. I really enjoyed sitting down watching it. So, uh, yeah, you, recommendation? I highly recommend it. What are my recommendations? No. Is it your no. reco- is, do you recommend this movie? <laughs> I too? do, but it is violent. It has a lot of shooting. And, you know, you can't make a funny face. It's nothing face like It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's very hardcore. It shows people getting shot right in the face, right in the head, right in the side of the mm. head with their face blowing off, blood blowing out of their heads. Yes, it is bloody. So don't roll your eyes at me when I say to people, beware if you're going to have little kids around. Oh, don't watch it with kids. It's an R-rated movie. Yeah, but people will. Yeah. So I'm just saying, it's pretty bloody. Um. So, yeah, in conclusion, I would recommend it. I'd watch anything that Ben Affleck does. Uh, again, I don't like to compare it with his other movies. You know, people do. They go, well, this is the best Ben Affleck movie and this is the worst because I think it's equally on a level of the others. I do I do feel like, and it. I just read on IMDb, there's a lot more to this movie. It was like a three-hour movie. Warner Brothers cut it differently to make it shorter and more action-packed. I do feel like there's a lot more to this movie that it feels like there'd be more character development. Some characters don't get enough time on screen, I don't think. But uh, maybe there'll be a director's cut of it in the future. I would like to see that, to be honest. Um, so, thanks to Warner Brothers for providing the Blu-ray. And next week, we're going to watch another Warner Brothers movie, Collateral Beauty, starring Will Smith. So we're going to look at that next week. Um, contest, you can win something. Go to ascoli.com and press on Contest. You can win there. There's a new one this week, so you can win. Movie recommendations. I am going on the uh, theme of Ben Affleck. I was going for three of them, actually. The Town which is my favourite Ben Affleck directed movie. 
Argo, which I think is really awesome too. And uh, thirdly, uh, him as Batman. (laughs) 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 Uh, And Chase, I'll I'll go for Chasing Amy too, because it is really, I think it's really overlooked, Chasing Amy, because people think it is a sappy comedy. Actually, it isn't. It's quite an emotional movie. Yes, it's got some funny parts. And I would also recommend Jersey Girl, because everybody hates that one. (laughs) And I think that one is cute too. And Ben Affleck does a good job. <laughs> well, um, you've only seen... Yeah, Jersey I've Girl, seen it yes. more than once. Yes, definitely. And yeah. mine are going back 30 years ago to 1987, everybody. And these are a couple of movies. Now we're we're hitting a movie here that makes it... It makes you realize how long ago 30 years ago was. Or how long it doesn't seem like it was. I don't know. But In Living Daylights. The Living The Living Daylights. daylights. <laughs> a James Bond movie. Yes, with the Whew. Who Sang the Song. Donna. Madonna? No. Was that hers? No. That wasn't hers. Which one was hers? Living Daylights is Timothy Dalton. So, oh, you're right. Oh, Aha sang the song. Ah, Madonna yeah, wasn't until the me, 90s, uh, wasn't she? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I like Bond movies. Aha, so. Take On Me, they sang the Living Daylights. Aha. Aha. You know who that is. That's uh, Alan Patrick. <laughs> yeah. And my other one is a pretty fun movie, I have to admit. It's called Inner Space. I am very surprised there is no remake. Of I know. Inner Space. That was the. I mean, I'm not all for ma- remakes, but you could do another yeah. one. All because, that concept. Well, you can use these characters because there was a baby yeah. coming at the end of it. Uh, I'm surprised. Spoiler alert, really but surprised. <laughs> it's really fun. It's a fun, fun movie. I'm surprised with today's technology we haven't. Yeah. Gone into we don't the body. Have, we haven't made well they did do Journey to the Center of the Earth or whatever they did want that one they did like a kid one but we haven't done an inner space like a uh, in the body journey. they did one in the body but for kid like a kiddie one like yeah yeah I can't I don't I, but I'm surprised yeah like somebody like Steven Spielberg hasn't done uh, that. I don't know about Steven Spielberg but somebody with who did inner space I don't know Robert Zemeckis probably. probably. Seems like that type, but... It was one of those big... Martin Short, Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan. Yeah. So, it's a fun right. one. So, games and Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing more near Automata, Automata, Tomata, Tomata. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. You should buy that game. It is a cool game. Um, it's got a cool concept. I'm, like, on my third playthrough now. It's got a weird structure where you actually play it more than once, but you experience it in different ways. I'm on my third playthrough, so I believe there are five different playthroughs. It's on Steam. You can get that now. And uh, I've been playing a new game this week, Lego City Undercover. It's uh, the newest Lego game. And basically what they've done this time, instead of taking a big Hollywood property like Star Wars or Harry Potter, they've made their own little game. And what they've done is they've took like the template for Grand Theft Auto, like the... Mm-hmm. You know, big city, open world, but put it into a Lego world. And you play this cop called Chase. And it's a story of this cop. And you're in this open world city as a Lego. And it's the Lego gameplay, you know, and love. Collecting the studs, solving the puzzles. Um, But it's got this... It When I say it's not based on any franchise, because it's Lego City Undercover. It's just Lego, you know, policemen. It takes every franchise pretty much and, and throws it in there. We've seen The Matrix. We've seen Dukes of Hazard. We've seen Sherlock Holmes in there. There's, um, Jaws. There's pop culture references all over it. If you love the, the Lego movie, that sense of humor where it's making, 
digs at every single thing that you can think of. It's all in this game. And the last um, mission I was doing was I had to go and learn Kung Fu from a guy who seemed like he was Morpheus from The Matrix. But he was actually a plumber called Steve. And in his spare time, he teaches people Kung Fu, but he dresses like Morpheus. It's just funny on this very... I'm sure kids will hysterically laughing at it, but adults are like, oh yeah, I understand what they're talking about there. You know, that's about The Graduate. There was a joke from The Graduate, which kids would not understand in a... You know, kids have never seen The Graduate. But as an adult, you're like, oh, I see what they're doing there. So that's Lego City Undercover. It's on the PC, it's on the Xbox, it's on the PlayStation 4, it's on the Switch. You can pick that up this week. Uh, what is Spanguli? Spanguli is a horror horror host who dresses up funny and tells semi-bad jokes, but he presents a movie every week on MeTV, and uh, we this week is it. Rodan. We don't always. We didn't watch Abbott and Costello last week. No. Because I'm not an Abbott and Costello fan. But um, this week is Rodan. Which is, Rodan's from the Toho franchise of Godzilla. So he'll be battling Godzilla. Uh, he might not be. He might just be the one where they introduce Rodan, and then he then there is a Rodan versus Godzilla at some yeah. point. Yeah. So he's a monster in his own right. Godzilla might appear, might not, but yeah. So he's we're gonna be seeing lots of paper mache, men in suits, <laughs> torn plastic, really bad, whatever. But some of them are pretty funny. So hope. Well, hope Rodan's not like a comedy one. It's more of a seriousy one. Right. But uh, it's still bizarre a little bit. So what is for dinner today? Today's going to be Subway. Subway. Have it your way. At Subway, because I'm lazy. I baked cookies already today, so... Subway sounds yummy. And my advice, did you say what's my your advice? advice before we leave. My advice is do too much. Sometimes just do too much for a thing or a person or a cause or whatever, but not too much. Basically what I'm saying is balance it out. But don't do nothing, and don't do less than enough. Like, if you're going to do something, if you're going to volunteer, or you're going to give something, you're going to do something, you're going to make something, you're going to participate in somebody else's thing, if it's a fundraiser, or then do a little bit too much, but don't be showy about it. Don't be like, ooh, look at me, I'm doing more than everybody else. Just do it. It's not It's not going to hurt you. And in the end, you'll feel much better about your... You've actually accomplished something... But don't, like, give so much of yourself that then you have to turn to people and expect them to, like, wipe your ass about it or pat you on the back all day long. Because if you're doing something just to be good and you do a little bit extra and only you really pick up on that, that's better than doing so much that you then go, Oh, well, this has been a lot of hard work and it's taken me a lot of my precious time. Ugh, I fucking hate that. I'm working with a few little causes now, you know. For the summer. And I mean, the, the words people use, like, it just makes me want to choke them through the texting. Like, well, this has taken me an awful lot of hours. Well, don't fucking do it then. <laughs> I get so angry inside. I'm just like, really? So what's a better use of your precious time to sit on your ass and watch TV and do nothing? No, knowing the person I'm talking about. Because everything's such an effort to them. Well, they don't do anything. If you're going to do it and then whine and bitch and moan because people haven't appreciated you enough, then don't do it. So there's my line. Do nothing and stay, just stay out of it. Or do a lot and just do it. Go with the flow and in the end, be proud of yourself 
for doing something and no one else needs to pat you on the back or be proud of you or tell everybody it was you or be like, oh, isn't she great? Because look how much she did for us. Because that is slimy and sleazy and gross and I don't like it. All right. If I could take my name off of everything that I do, I would do it. I would do that because, uh, but it's very difficult in a small town environment to be anonymous, right? So you try to do it on the down low <laughs> and still try to like, you know, I don't know. But this is me telling people that I'm doing extra, so I'm saying that I'm doing it. But I'm only, I'm sacrificing myself here. <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> to make myself sound pretentious and like a hypocrite. Um but in your own life, do a bunch of good stuff and then just sneak away. And then that's it. All right. So I'll remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com and sidtor.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or the RSS feed, aschoolie.com slash podcast. Just go there and uh, listen on the page if you like. There's 474 of these podcasts for you to listen to. You can also email aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Mr. Ben Affleck. I really like what... what I, I, I just looked at what he was going to do next, thinking, oh, he's going to direct another film. But no, he's busy with uh, Batman up to about 2020. So hopefully he does slip a, one of his movies in at some point. So stay classy, Mr. Ben Affleck. And I'm going to say thank for yourself, or someone will definitely be doing it for you. <laughs>